Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, so today we want to look at physical health for a couple reasons. You know, the Bible talks about the fact that our body doesn't actually belong to us. You know, that we've been bought at an incredible price and that God is Lord over every part of our life and that our body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. And you can look through the Bible. If you ever want to uh, read Leviticus and uh, some numbers in Deuteronomy, you can actually see how incredibly detailed um, the first habitat that God wanted to live in, um, the tabernacle, how much thought and intention and detail he put into that. And then you look at the Bible and it says that we ourselves were fearfully and wonderfully made, that God knit us together in, the mother's, in our mother's wombs. And so there's this real sense that God goes, Man, I've created you so incredibly well. And I want, to, I want your body to be my dwelling place. I want to live inside of you. And what I found in, in pastoring with people is that as Christians, we can do really well at giving good focus to our spiritual side of life. And we kind of camp around there. We go, oh, I want to do this really well. But then sometimes we actually neglect what is actually looking back at us in the mirror and taking care of ourselves, making sure we're getting enough sunlight, making sure we're getting good nutrition, making sure that we're exercising, all of those things so that the temple that God wants to live in is actually fighting fit and functioning well. Um, Even if you look over in you know, great revivalists of the past, and you read different aspects of this. There's so many incredible ministries that had so much supernatural power, but ministries that got cut short because they didn't know how to steward the body that God had given them. And in a Jewish culture, it's really interesting. They don't actually even have a word for supernatural. Um, and so, you know, the Bible came through the Jewish culture. God breathed that through them and they penned it and they don't have a word for the supernatural because they understand that everything's God made. You know, every good gift we have comes from God. So you don't need to have a word for supernatural because everything is supernatural because it was made by a supernatural being. So your body, whilst you might not be able to walk through walls and do all those sorts of things, um, and you can't put your hands on somebody and just see them healed without the power of Jesus, because God designed your body, your body is supernatural. And we need to give it that same level of care and attention that we give to all the other aspects of our life. And so to help me this morning, I've got a good friend who is who I like to go to when I'm getting a little bit stuck. And so in about two weeks, I'll be qualified as a personal trainer. Uh, but I don't want you to hear from much from me because my knowledge is kind of basement level. Um, and so this morning, I've got a good friend, and she's phenomenal. She like lives, eats, and breathes personal training, physical health, nutrition, all of those things. And I'll often be talking with her and I'll be like, you know, we're sitting down and I'll be like, so this is what I'm doing at the moment. I've got this great plan and this is what I'm doing. And, and she, she's kind of like, oh, wow. Oh, that's, that's, you decided to go with that strategy. And I'm like, well, I did until you asked me like that. <laughs> she goes, have you, have you thought about maybe doing it a little bit like this? This Here's, let me share with you a few other thoughts that are healthy alternatives to what you're trying to do. And then I'm like, oh, no, exactly. That's, so that's what I meant to say. I meant to say that after I lift weights, I drive past KFC and I don't stay an hour there eating as much chicken as I can. You know? And so this morning, I've got a great guest um, who's a member of our Thrive family to share a whole lot of knowledge. So can we please put our hands together as I welcome up Hope to the stage.
Good morning, Hope. How are you? Good. How are you? Excellent. I'm very good, thank you. Do you like my wee exercycle? I love it. You can see I use it lots because it's so tiny. We actually got it out of the shipping container today just for this. Oh. That's how often I use it. Oh, who, quick, okay, quick honesty moment. Who here has bought fitness equipment that you use for six weeks and then you never used it again? Oh, not even six weeks. Yeah, that's right. Unless you bought it. Like. Yeah, unless they bought yeah. it. So starting today with one-off payments off. No. <laughs> but, wait, but wait, there's, there's more. more. <laughs> Excellent. I was actually at the gym this week, and I was looking, and on the big screen, because they have you know the music videos and things, there was an infomercial playing instead of music videos, and it was advertising home gym equipment so that you don't need a gym membership for like on a loop, and I thought that was like, that just amused me greatly. But anyway, anyway. Good morning, Hope. Thank you for joining me this morning. Please ignore the cameras. Just feel like, you know, that you're not on television, okay? That'd be great. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so one of the first things I'd love to ask you is what do you find are some of the most common barriers to people actually having a fully physical, healthy lifestyle? What are the most common things that you see that people have that actually, you know, if you could help someone break through a barrier today... What are some of those barriers that we could identify that people struggle with in being able to become physically healthy? The first thing that I find most people do is they overcomplicate getting healthy or becoming physical or just doing any form of exercise. They see it as a big chore. Um, often I depict it like this big mountain. Um, and they just, they see too hard basket and they just don't do it. Right. Right. So uh, I can be a little bit like that because I, you could class me, I am the all or nothing personality. Uh. So I'll go 0% and then 100%. So I will be phenomenal for a day and then I'll, I'll, I'll determine that I've failed for the rest of the week. Um, and so I've been trying to coach myself a little bit that all progress is progress mm -hmm. and that something is better than nothing. Uh, so for those people that might be a little bit more like me and go, well, if I can't be amazing from day one, I don't want to bother, and so I'm just not going to try because it's too hard. Practically, what are some tools that you could give us this morning for people to be able to just start seeing some forms of progress with their physical health and exercise? Start small. Um, I will always recommend go for a walk. It's the easiest thing you can do. It's free. Often, most people have walking shoes or something that they can walk with. You can go anywhere. Yeah, like feet, they've yeah, got those. Yeah, feet. I mean, I mean, you don't have to have the fanciest gear. So most people, like, you know, you think that you've got to go in 100% in order for you to be successful. But actually going for that walk is successful. Mm. And failure is such a good thing to learn from as long as you do learn from it. That's right. That's right. So just going for a walk, just getting started. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're talking about, you know, obviously 10, 20 Ks for your first walk. Or Definitely, yeah. No, no. If you can get five minutes, and I recommend this to my clients, if you can get five minutes in, then you've already won. And most people will think five minutes is so easy and they'll end up doing half an hour. I can guarantee it every single person I've ever said that to has thought, yay, five minutes isn't a big thing. And they've gone longer and they come back feeling empowered and like they've accomplished something. Mm. Excellent, excellent. Now, I find the psyche around just getting started quite interesting. So my wife, Rolanda, is in the room, um, this service, and so she has a thing. She'll go put on her active wear and she's like, I feel so active. Look at me in my active wear. I'm going to go do something active now because now I just feel active. Um, and so she'll, she'll be like one of those people that will just like, will do like, I'll put this on. Now I've got, gone to all the effort to change out of my office clothes to my fitness clothes. 
she would go do the five-minute walk but would just keep on going. Yeah. Now, it's a wee fun, fun note. If you're mentally lazy like I am and you know that you want to get up and do exercise in the morning but you hate getting changed in the morning, fun tip, I go to bed wearing the clothes I want to exercise in oh, the wow. morning. So all I have to do is get up and my shoes are there and I just put them on and I go. Lazy fitness goals. Wow. Okay, nasty. <clears throat> and for all the men out there, if your wife gets grumpy about how often you sweat through your clean clothes, then just put on your dirty clothes, exercise, and then put them in the wash. That works too. Anyway, <laughs> moving right along. My apologies, Hope. Okay. Okay, so... Starting small, just making that progress and, yeah. and seeing those things happen. Mentally, though, I, I find when I'm encouraging people to, to get healthy, because sometimes people come to me and they want prayer, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm connecting with them, having a coffee, trying to figure out what's going on. I'm thinking, you know, this actually isn't a spiritual issue. This may not even be so much of an emotional issue, but you're just physically, you're not getting out there and doing enough, and they keep coming up with different excuses and different barriers we were chatting the other day, and you, you think there's about three common areas mm. that people generally struggle with. Um, can you unpack those for us a little bit this morning? So the first one um, is identity. So people don't identify themselves as healthy, or they will actually identify themselves as, like you said before, you, you spoke laziness over yourself. Mm. That's not something I would encourage people to do. Yeah, so don't do that. So um, pe- people, you know, whether it was from ch- childhood where your mother told you you're a bookworm, you weren't an athlete or whatever it was, because that's what my mother did, um, you you tend to hold on to that and you're like, well, this is what who I am. Mm. So, um, and then you've got fear. So people are afraid of failure, so they won't try anyway. So they're so scared of failure that they've actually already set themselves up for failure because they won't even try. Yeah. Um, and then the excuses... Mm. people, they are so good at making up excuses for themselves as to why they don't want to go and exercise, whether they purposely, and I, I do know people do this, purposely um, schedule in exercise for later in the week and get to later in the week and have bombarded themselves with too much to do, they right. just won't go and do it. Right. Um, fun fact, I shared this in the first service, excuse, um, it's one of the only quotes that I know from the dictionary, excuse by definition is an invalid reason for neglect of duty. So every time you want to make up for an excuse for a moment, just remember, this is actually quite invalid. So <laughs> I'm just going to discount my excuse and go for it. I actually like to I like to try and break down my motivations. I, I have a lot of excuses. Um, and so if I wanted to go to the gym, for an example, um, to do some form of exercise, I break down my motivation to, I don't have the motivation to exercise, but I have got the motivation to get into the car and drive to the gym car park. And so I'll do that, and then I'll get to the gym car park, and I'm like, well, I'm here now. I've got the motivation to go inside. And then once I get in there, you know, you're just kind of... So you're breaking it down. Breaking it down to bite-sized pieces. Yeah. Yeah. All right, okay. So I want to camp around our identity for a little bit because so much of who we are and the way we express ourselves comes out of the way we view ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we learned a lot last week with Richard Black on our mental and emotional well-being that we have to keep going back to not how we see ourselves, but how God sees ourselves Mm -hmm. and getting fresh identity. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd love you to unpack a little bit about what your personal process has been like in this area um, and how you've gone on that journey. Okay. Um, So, like I said in the first service, um, I used to think that I was stupid, like I couldn't learn. 
and then discovered last year that not only was I capable of learning, it was just a little bit of hard work, which I'm not afraid of doing. And I realized when I began my fitness journey that um, there was a lot of lies about myself that I chose to believe, which would stop me not just from exercising and choosing to make healthier choices food-wise, but for a variety of things in my life. And um, then when I became a personal trainer and I started training people, I learned that actually a lot of people, because they don't know who their identity is in Christ, mm. the world has told them, whether it's via social media, family members, friends, work colleagues or whatever, have told them things that they've actually chosen to believe about themselves and have become their truths. And that's really sad because they've actually been robbed of their identity. Yeah, so what would be some common examples that you see of uh, warped identity? Oh, um, I'm not capable. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm useless. I'm supposed to be fat. It's in my genetics, which is the biggest lie ever. Um, the lack of confidence I see in people from what they've been told around their lives is quite huge. Right, yeah. right. And so for you personally, um, going back to, who, you know, the God aspect, yeah. you know, that, that incredible thing that you've got in your corner as a Christian, what is it that you kind of anchor yourself in, in God when you are wanting to go through those added goals and different things to really help your identity? Um, well, sometimes it sounds really silly, but I always anchor myself on the fact that I am loved. And I haven't always loved myself, but I know that he has always loved me in every state that I've ever been in. And if he can love me, then I can definitely love me. Mm. That's awesome. Can you think like... Cause what I love about God loving us is God has got, I mean, he's a God of excellence. So he's got incredibly high standards. Mm. Um, like his standards are perfection. And so for him to be able to love us and us to realize actually what his standards are, then as we begin to look at ourselves through his eyes, the confidence that we can have and what we can actually achieve and do just really begins to grow under that love. Mm. Um, now, I was mentioning a little bit that I like to go to the gym. And for me, it's mostly social because I can just make more friends at the gym. And there's more people that I can talk to and distract when they're trying to do things. Um, and so, yeah, generally I go to the gym. It's about a 40-minute workout and then another 40 minutes of talking to people. Um, but not everybody's like that. What would you say to people who, who often would say things like, I don't have time to go to a gym, I can't afford a gym membership, so therefore I can't get healthy? Yeah, well, like I mentioned, go for a walk first. But um, I've come across a quote recently, which I absolutely loved, which was, if you don't make time for your health, you'll be forced to make time for your illness. Mm. Oh, got a lot of rumours around the room. <laughs> wow. The marker of a good quote, the room rumbles. Excellent. Okay, so there's so many different ways that we can, you know, get fit physically, and mm -hmm. getting fit is not necessarily about losing weight. Losing weight is often a side effect of, of getting fit, and sometimes gaining weight is a side effect of, of getting fit. Talk a little bit, if we can, for a moment about helping people understand the need to find a form of fitness that actually benefits their emotions and that they enjoy mm -hmm. so that it can be sustainable mm -hmm. and maybe some different varieties that people could start to explore oh that's really cool so um i actually had a conversation with somebody from this church a while ago who um had mentioned that she wasn't going to a gym membership but um i mentioned to her dancing might be really good for her everybody has a different form of like exercise that they love i mm. don't like cycling at all i can't stand it but i love running yeah. And so I would encourage somebody who likes to run to go running. 
because they'd find joy in that and that would set them up for success as opposed to saying, well, I know you don't like cycling, but you're just going to do it anyway. Right. So like I've got a variety of different clients and the first thing I'll ask them is, you know, what do you like and what don't you like? Um, and I program around that because it has to be fun. Mm-hmm. You have to want to do it or you're not going to turn up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So looking for those things that fun, even looking at those things that you do now that you enjoy doing mm-hmm. and going, man, if I were a little bit fitter, a little bit faster, a little bit stronger, these things would be even more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're working with a client and you're helping them to identify, because, you know, sometimes exercise, you have those moments, you know, there's, there's always going to be a day every now and then where it's just hard to yeah. get and do it and push through. What are the different goals that you kind of help people set of, these are all the areas, this temporary discomfort mm-hmm. is going to actually benefit my life. What are, some of the, what are some of the key wins that people get when they're just physically healthy? Um, well, people have their own goals and then I have my goals for them. And my main goal for them is to function properly and be able to physically perform exercise healthily. Mm-hmm. And whether that's identifying mind-to-muscle connection, whether mm-hmm. that's identifying positioning and what they're doing, um, most of the wins clients want from me yep. are weight loss yep. um, and smaller size clothing. And it's often expected within like the first month. And what happens is they start noticing different wins like being up to walk upstairs without becoming breathless mm-hmm. or without, um, you know, sitting at an office all day, they have back pain and then all of a sudden because of what we've been doing, they don't. Right. Or my favourite, being able to keep up with your kids. I absolutely love it when people come to me and they say, this weekend, me and my kids did this and I was able to play with them the whole weekend and my son came up to me and said, thank you, mummy. Like that just like, that's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, my I, I started getting a lot fitter um, when Judah, he's eight now, he was three, and I was just about to put on a t-shirt, and he went, Dad, what is, what is your skin hang over your jeans? <laughs> and my wife goes, why is it doing that? And I said, oh, buddy, that's called, that's so that's called fat. And he goes, oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Your, your sisters will get more of an inheritance because of that. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, so, yeah, so I, 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 love, I love that being able to keep up with the kids. and It's one of my main, main motivators from time to time, other than, other than straight-up vanity. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Now, nutrition. We're talking about, you know, what we're doing physically. I want to talk for a moment about what we're putting into our bodies because yeah. nutrition is incredibly important. Now, most of us here would have a pretty good understanding of what is healthy food versus what looks like to be unhealthy food, mm-hmm. or as Cookie Monster would say, sometimes only food. Now, I, I thought that I had a really good understanding of nutrition until I connected with you a little bit and you were asking me about how much I was eating, and then I began to discover that I was massively under-eating and was counteracting all the hard work that I was doing in my exercise programs. Just unpack, you know, base guidelines for nutrition. Oh, okay, that's a lot. Um, most people either under-eat or over-eat. So that's the first thing my clients will ask them, you know, how's your nutrition? They'll go, off. Oh, I, I eat really badly, and they'll tell me, and I'm like, oh, that's actually, you're not eating enough, and that's mm. why you're so fatigued, and that's why you struggle in the gym. Or they'll tell me they eat really well, and I'll say, oh, cool, tell me what that is. And they will start talking about food, which... Yeah, that's what you did with me. I said, yeah. I'm so good at it. You went, oh, really? Tell me. And I was like, oh, afterwards. You do really well now, though. That's right. Thank yeah. you. Um, so people, people, they have, like, 
two different versions of what they think is healthy and what's not. The biggest thing, and I think we spoke about this in the first service, was that when you do eat healthy, you do tend to under-eat because you, you don't realise that um, healthier foods tend to have lower calories and you actually need a certain amount of um, fuel, is how I talk mm. about it, um, to fuel your body because your body needs the energy in order for you to do what you need to do every single day. And if you don't do that... Um, mm. you lose energy, you feel fatigued, and actually you're less likely to stick on track because the moment you're exposed to unhealthy food, you tend to snack. Yeah. I love them snacks. Snacks are good. Um, on, on snacks, um, just for a moment, let's talk about habits and the way habits set us up to succeed. One of the habits that I really had to break was that I use food always as a reward system, mm-hmm. um, which is okay, but it was the only reward system that I had. Mm-hmm. So if I couldn't reward myself with food, then I couldn't reward myself, and then I was like, oh, well, there's no point in doing good things because I can't reward myself. So what would you say to Jared two years ago when I'd be sharing something like that? Okay. Um, first of all, I'd say set some SMART goals. That's specific, measurable, achievable, relatable, and timely. Um, second of all, I read a book earlier this year called Atomic Habits, mm-hmm. and um, the biggest thing I got from that was that you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. So your system, your habit, which was to reward yourself with food, had set you up for failure. Mm. So you need to, well, you've identified that, and you need to reassess how you're going to get your goals. That's right. Yeah. So what would be some of the common systems that you say, you know, if you could lift this system to this system, on the average sort of uh, audience member that, you, that we have, what would be some key systems that you could look to bring in around somebody in broad brush strokes? Okay, so um, this is my absolute favorite. Um, I had a client who, he was overweight and he loved KFC. Oh, preach it. Loved KFC, like so much. And every day after work, he would drive home and he'd get KFC. And he'd come and he'd be like, oh, you know, just KFC was so good last time. Like, you're mm. setting yourself up for failure. So what I did was I got him to bring a map. And I said, where do you work? And he pointed out. And I was like, cool. Where do you live? And he pointed that out. And I was like, cool. And I wrote out, like, a little route for him. And I said, drive this way home every single day for the week. Mm-hmm. And he was like, why? And I was like, just do it. And he came back to me, and he had not had KFC that entire week because wow. he did not drive past a KFC that entire week. Um, and he was just blown away at the simplicity of it. Mm. But, you know, you don't go to the supermarket hungry because you will buy things that you don't actually need but want. Um, that that kind of sets you up for failure when you want yeah. treats later on because that's, they're never that's, at home. That's an inspiring, sad story about KFC, I'm going to be honest <laughs> right there. Awesome. Okay, so... We, we're becoming aware, okay, I, w- I want to make a positive physical life change. Um, I, I'm incredibly valued. I'm incredibly special. Mm-hmm. God has very high standards, and he thinks that I'm amazing. I, I want to live out of that identity. I'm going to start to have healthier systems, good reward progress. I'm going to do exercise that I enjoy. I'm going to be eating the right amount of food. Um, the stickability in that what would be some keys of being able to stick to healthy life choices um, in a community of people? Accountability is the biggest one. Um, you know, that's why people come to personal trainers because they need somebody that, one, is there at waiting for the gym for them. Two, ask some questions like, how's the food been this week? Have you done this um, program that we wrote for you? Mm-hmm. Or a friend that you trust that you can go and either do walks with, go to the gym with, or 
who will ask you, hey, how's your diet been this week? We're just going to swap microphones for a moment. Oh, fancy. That's right. It's just like jumping from the treadmill to the rowing machine. We've just got to keep things rotating around. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that'd be my main thing, is, is having somebody that you trust, um, that you can confide in, or who will hold you accountable. Excellent, excellent. One of the things that I love, actually, with the word accountable, um, people often think that having an accountability partner is someone that you meet with going, hey, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, I did eat this, and I did eat that, and I didn't do this. An accountability partner is actually someone that will hold you to account to the ability that you have. And so it's somebody that goes, you know what, you're incredible and you're amazing. I want to continue to remind you of who you are in Christ and, and the decisions and the choices that you've made to keep calling you up. Um, into that. So if, if you're in that space, you know what, I really do struggle with this. Chat to a friend or, or somebody that you know that does that well and go, can you help me um, grow from the habits and things that you've made in your life? And actually on that, let's just talk for a moment about when, you, when you're around a group of friends who have got really unhealthy life habits, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, versus groups of people oh. there in the other way. Yeah got a couple moments. Talk about um, some of those aspects okay. and what you see. So you've probably heard of your tribe affects your vibe. Um, if you hang around with people who choose to drink and, and, and eat unhealthily, you will fall into habits with them because that's, you know, that's what they're doing. Um, and if you identify that your friends have those bad habits, it's a good idea to limit hanging out with those friends. Same spiritually as well. You know, if you if you hang out with people who don't love Jesus, that will then start to affect your walk with him. Yeah. If you hang out with people who like to go to the gym, who like to go for walks, who have same or similar goals to you, you will be able to stick on track more because instead of going and hanging out with people who, you know, for the weekend are intending to drink, you're going to go and hang out with people who are actually going to go for a walk. Mm, definitely. And there's, there's different um, spaces that you go into. When you are um, learning and disciplining yourself in a new level of health, you're in a lot more of a, a vulnerable space to your influences. And it's the same in your Christian work. Well, when we have uh, young Christians, we say, look, spend as much time as you can around mature Christians because they're really going to help you in your journey. When we have young Christians come in um, into faith and they're still with their friends doing the party scene the whole weekend, they go, well, that's okay. I'm just, I'm going to influence them, but I'm not going to drink and things like that. Uh, when they're in the really early stages of their journey, they often don't have the resilience and the strength to be able to do that. So it's actually recognizing um, the willpower that you have in the season that you're in to be either an influencer or someone that's easily influenced and then making wise decisions based on where you're at in that part of your journey. Um, I, I, love, I love apps. They help me keep focused, keep me on track. Yeah. Um, let's talk for a moment about an app that you would possibly recommend for our nutrition and to make sure we're getting the right fuel into our body. Okay, so my favorite app that I recommend is uh, MyFitnessPal. It gives you a great idea of what you're eating. Um, it breaks down your macros for you. It's not complicated at all. But it's a really good visualization of how you eat throughout the week and whether or not you are under-eating or over-eating. And, um, yeah, it just makes life a lot easier. Mm. It's a fun app because you can scan any barcode yeah. and it automatically tells you a portion size. This is how many carbohydrates you're going to get. This is how many fats you're going to get. This is how many proteins you're going to get. And you put your age, your weight, all those things in it. will let you know a rough guideline of how many calories you should be eating uh, per day. And so I'll use that app for three or four days quite religiously for everything that I eat. Um, and then after that, I've got a really good gauge of 
how much I should be eating, and then every sort of six or seven weeks, I might do that again for a couple of days just to refresh my mind on the portion sizes that I should be eating and how I regulate. My fitness pal. My fitness pal. Yeah, because totally. fitness it's quite easy is our friend. You get really good mmms when you say things. I just get polite chuckles. Okay. Excellent, excellent. All right, Hope. Uh, we're just about out of time for this morning. Um, is there anything else that you might like to share of encouragement or anything for someone to go, you know what, I want to, I'm going to start tomorrow this fitness journey. What, what would you share to that person? I would tell anybody not to overcomplicate it. Um, to choose to just go for that one walk, go for five minutes and actually see how much you overcome in that five minutes. Um, it's so easy to look at that big mountain and say no to hard basket. So don't overcomplicate it. It's really easy. And um, reach out to some friends that can help you on your journey and keep you accountable. Excellent, excellent. Hey, thank you very much. Hope you've been great. Let's put our hands together for hope. again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media 